Hey there, chocolate lovers. If you'd like to watch the video version of this podcast, you can find it on our Craft Chocolate TV YouTube channel. What's going on? Welcome to Craft Chocolate TV. This is Dylan with Manoa Chocolate, and we are going to answer some questions for you. And the first one is, where should I get a grindometer? And this is what you'd use in order to measure the micron size or the particle size of the chocolate toward the end so that you know it's refined enough to take on to the next step to tempering. I actually didn't know. I looked it up right before this. We just bought it on Amazon before and that's what I just looked up in Google right now. The one I saw is GLTL fineness gauge and this one I'd like more than what we have now. It's got two lines so you get a more accurate reading. So that is where I would recommend getting a grindometer off of Amazon. The next one, there's a few questions on packaging. Our packaging is something that has evolved a lot. We did an episode on this in the past and it will depend on the scale that you're starting. If you're starting really small like we did, what, what I originally found was a merchandise bag. Like if you were to go to a bakery and they were to slide a croissant in uh, like a parchment merchandise bag, that's what we began with. We'd slide our bars in sideways, chop off the top, hand stamp each side and seal it with a sticker. We weren't making very much chocolate. Our batch size was in one of these little grinders. It was like, you know, 40 bars at a time. So it wasn't that big of a deal until we started to grow. The other thing of that is no one really wants to work with you on, say, purchasing stickers and printing that for you. Now we work with the largest printing company in Hawaii. It's called Honeblue and we're able to do minimum order sizes that make sense. So we'll print 80,000 packages at a time. Uh, we've learned a lot about printing and different techniques. And so we go between a few different techniques for, for the way that we do our packaging, but this is something that's customized. Uh, we, we didn't do an off the shelf design package. We, we customized ours because we liked the style and the speed at which we could do it at. So, this has come in handy now that we've hit a certain scale and we lend our what's called a die cut which is the shape of our package as it's all folded out to other companies that we work with for private labeling and that has helped uh, our business quite a bit so i hope that answers that um chocolate molds so how did we choose the sizes and dimensions and what was that based on? It was based on our packaging. We found the packaging that we liked first and then we went for custom molds. But I do not recommend getting custom molds. It's way too expensive and the customer doesn't care that much. The packaging is far more important than the mold. I've covered this as well. So the other thing to keep in mind is people like to break the bars and most custom molds what we've done is, and not just us, but lots of craft chocolate makers just print on a, on a flat type of mold so that we can put designs in it and make it look pretty. But the customer wants to be able to break it and ration it out. So keep that in mind. It's a lot cheaper to not do custom molds and the customer doesn't care that much. There's a lot of uh, our, um, existing molds that will probably fit the packaging you're looking for. All right. So the inner sleeve, our inner sleeve looks like plastic. It's a cellulose originally. And, and this is because we didn't want to add waste. 
So we wanted it to biodegrade, at least in theory, that's what we want to happen. Our cellulose was purchased in a preformed pouch from a company called Revere Group in Seattle. I think there's another company out in Kentucky that also carries these cellulose bags and you, you basically sl slide your chocolate bar in there and you heat seal it. It's very quick. When you're really small, it makes sense. We found the same cellulose, uh, except in a roll called, it's a film roll and that will sit on our flow wrapping machine and it gets, um, looped around different arms and then goes through forming horns and sealing wheels, fin, fin sealing wheels. And then that packages our chocolate bars for us at somewhere around 70 a minute. That is one of the best purchases we've ever made because like I said before, no one really wants to package chocolate bars all day long. At least I haven't found anybody yet, but I'm sure they're out there, but it's not the way that you scale your chocolate company. The next one, funding. How did we do it? Well, okay, so this question was different funding options and what's recommended. This is so subjective and uh, on what you want. So it's important to come up with an idea of where you see your chocolate company in five or 10 years. Do you want it to grow to 100 metric tons or 1,000 metric tons? Or are you happy doing five tons a year, which is kind of what I see as the minimum in order to be a, a profitable company that can support a certain living in a first world country. That's what I see as a, that kind of that mark if you retail. So now there's a lot of factors involved in what I just said. It's not a blanket statement. It's just what we had observed based on this business, based on Manoa Chocolate. And so we got bank loans. I got a bank loan. I did a bit of friends and family. I got both of those paid off within about a year and a half, I would say. Uh, we also <laughs> fell into the bootstrapping category where we, you know, the expression is you pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's definitely how we started. We started way underfunded. I recommend starting with way more money than you think you need. If you got exactly what you think you need, go get more and then start. That was our painful, my painful lesson. Um, and then Kickstarter. So social platforms or crowdfunding. That is another really good uh, avenue to take because you acquire customers and you do pre-sales of your product. You just got to make sure that you have enough capital to start with so you can buy everything and get those customers, those people who pre-bought your product, what they bought. And that was another lesson that uh, I'd learned the hard way. And so that is, uh, yeah, that's the questions for this week. Thank you guys so much for watching. Please send more if you have them. Cheers. Aloha. Happy chocolate making. Hi guys. If you enjoyed the podcast, we'd appreciate if you subscribe and give a review. This helps other chocolate lovers like yourself discover the podcast. Thanks for listening and have a great day.